Good morning, good morning, good morning, and uh, welcome to uh, 9.30 class, amen. I apologize again for starting a little bit late today. Uh, we went over time in the 8.30 service. We had, a, we had a great crowd in the 8.30 service, great spirit, and uh, I got off. I had about seven sermons going at one time, I think, trying to keep them all in there at one time. Uh, anyway, anyway, thank you for being here today, and uh, if you have your Bible, go ahead and open them up to the book of Revelation chapter 20. Uh, I had hoped to, to deal with part of 21 today, but we may not. But uh, next Sunday, either way it goes, next Sunday will be our final lesson on the book of Revelation. Uh, and I have thoroughly enjoyed uh, discussing it with you. Could I just say this? Um, I have taught you to the very best of my knowledge and my ability and before the Lord. Uh, my, what I believe the Word of God has taught, has revealed to us on this book. There's a lot of areas that I could have gotten in deeper, uh, and, uh, and then a lot of that would lead to a lot of speculation, and, uh, and I've tried to stay away from that. That's why there's probably 50 or 60 different books written on this same prophecy out, out in the stores because everybody kind of brings in their own speculation. So I've tried to leave speculation out of it. Uh, if, if, I, if, we want, if you want to just sit one-on-one and, and we're talking about Revelation, uh, I can give you opinions and speculations that are just that, perhaps. But to the very best of my ability, I have, uh, before the Lord, taught you my best uh, from my heart on this subject. And uh, thank you for being so faithful to the class. Let's pick up here in the book of Revelation, chapter 20. I want, uh, I want to go back to... Uh, verse 4, I saw thrones, and they that sat upon, upon them, and judgment was given unto them. Uh, scripturally, the Bible says that know you not, Paul, Jesus refers to it, Paul refers to it, know you not that you shall judge the world, or you shall judge angels. So that somewhere in this marvelous thing that's going to go on in this thousand years of peace, and then the and then the ultimate white throne judgment that is, takes place at the end of the thousand years, somewhere in that, the church, the body of Christ, the saved people, you and I, will be a part of that judgment. And you can see that alluded to here in the fact that thrones were given to them and, 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 and we were judging. Judgment was given unto them. Um, there's, there's, this probably goes a lot deeper than that because I do believe that, that Christians will be a part of that segment of judgment. But could I just, uh, an, an old professor in seminary said this to us one day in our, our prophecy class. He said, this could be as simple as, he said, I think it's more detailed than that, but it could be as, as simple as, as two people who work for the same company. One person was a Christian, one was a non-Christian. They work together, and the non-Christian stands before God and says something like this. God, it, it, was, it would have been impossible. It's imp- but the people I worked for were crooked. The people I worked for were not just. It, was, it would have been impossible for me to serve you and work for this company. And that God would then bring the person who did work for that company and who did serve the Lord under the same circumstances that, that man said he couldn't, and you in would be called as a witness against that person. In doing so, you are judging that person by saying it was possible to work in this horrible situation and still trust Jesus. Okay? So 
my professor said it could be as simple as that, and it could be even more detailed than that. I suspect that it'll be some of both. I suspect it'll be some of both. I do believe this, that here's what the, you know, the Bible says this. God has not left himself without a witness. So that in every life, every generation, every situation, every in conceivable place a person could work, every conceivable situation we find ourselves in. Um, you know, I, uh, I pastored for, for a few years, and then in this church, this station I pastored uh, for a few years, a lady that that husband was unsaved and uh and and he beat her uh not all the time but but a lot of times nobody in this church knew about it so Davis and i didn't know about it for a long time this woman was faithful this woman came to church every time she wrote out a tithe check she got another beating every time that she came to a sunday night service he would he would leave her alone on sunday but if she came to wednesday night service he would curse her and get drunk and he would threaten the kids and, and uh, horrible situations. And family encouraged her to leave. And uh, I've never, I don't do that, but, but I just said, look, I, it would be certainly within our understanding if you feel like you need it. I always tell a, a lady or a man, if, if you and your children are in danger, then you need to do whatever it takes to protect your children. I believe that's biblical. I believe that's biblical. Anyway, my point is that she didn't leave. My point is this, there will be people that will stand before God and say, if you had been, God, I could, not be, I could not live right and be married to this person I was married to, and God will bring this woman who was, who, who's now gone on to be with the Lord years ago. God will bring a woman like that into judgment and say, if she could live for you, for me, and be beaten the way she was beaten, then there's no excuse for you. So in, I'm just, there's all kinds of ways that this scripture could be interpreted. I don't, I, I can't tell you that, that how that will be, but, but you're going to see that. Okay, and, and, uh, and he laid hold, uh, then an angel came down. Okay, well, I'm down at the fourth, I'm at the fifth verse. And, and, and at the fourth verse it says, and the last part, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. Um, the rest of the dead, which would be the un, everybody by now that's saved will be have resurrected. The rest of the dead uh, will not live un until after the thousand years. Uh, so blessed and holy is he that had part in the first resurrection. Uh, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. So there's, you'll see the, you'll see the white, white robed martyrs, those people that gave their life in the book of Revelation. Remember those millions of people that were beheaded? and that gave their life during the tribulation, those people are going to be resurrected. They're going to be alive on the millennial earth at 1,000 years. Uh, significant, some significant that it also we will, are going to be uh, alive. Now, here someone was talking, I think Sister, Sister uh, Dinkins may have mentioned this to me the other day, it, it, and, it, and I think this is something so very significant. You've got to understand that, that we're going to be on this earth. We're going to be gone off of this earth for seven years. And we're coming back to this earth. It will be a renovated. It will not be totally new yet, but it will be somewhat renovated. Remember uh, that one earthquake I read to you back in the what the 18th chapter. That one earthquake is going to be so big that it's going to level every mountain, and it will it will the earth will go through a renovation process at that time so drastic that the earth will not be recognizable, uh, and God will begin then to do. 
Well, somebody said, Pastor, you're going to be in, there won't be any mountains for you. No, no, no. The Bible speaks of, in that day there'll be of the mountain of God. So if you think Everest is a great mountain or Sinai, what would the mountain of God look like? So he's going to have a mountain. Uh, for all those that love mountains, he'll have mountains. Amen. But there's going to be this incredible. But anyway, the point being is you're going to be gone for seven years. You're going to come back to this earth, this earth. It'll be somewhat renovated. It will not yet be totally renovated that will not happen until the thousand years are over but we're going to come back and live and rule and reign here with christ jesus so you think about that your you and your family and your loved ones will be here on this earth for a thousand years a thousand years but understand something now you are already in a supernatural body you're not mortal any longer you're not when you enter you will be already given a body like unto christ sherry and i were talking about that uh, that in that, and this is a fact, the Bible says we will all have a body likened to Christ's glorious body. So, this is what I believe the Bible teaches. You know, many of us, you know, the perfect body. Adam was the perfect specimen of man before sin and, and uh, diluting of the DNA took place. Eve was the perfect specimen of a woman before the same. So, in that day, we're all going to revert to a perfect man and a perfect woman. You're going to have a perfect body, ladies. You're going to have a perfect man. You're going to have a perfect body. I, I, I've never had a perfect body. Nowhere anywhere close to a perfect body. I weighed 117 pounds when I graduated from high school. You could have blew me over. Just, yeah. I only weighed 127 pounds when I, when I, when I, graduated from 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 college <laughs> you can still blow me over so i'm just telling you on that millennial earth you're going to have the perfect male body and the perfect female body speculation somebody said how old will those bodies be well it wouldn't matter because they're going to live forever but this is speculation somebody said that because jesus entered into his glorified body at the age of 33 that we're all going to have look like we're 33 I don't know that you could put, uh, I don't know that you could go home and start a doctoring off of that, but uh, it's pretty good to think about, okay? Uh, I will teach you, I haven't got to talk about, I will teach you about my opinions from the word, what I, can, what I gather from Scripture about families who've lost children when they were little, maybe babies, and what, maybe what's happened to aborted children. I'm going to talk a little bit about that, not as a part of the book of Revelation, but since so many of us have children that, and you have children, so many of our families. Um, I have uh, two little brothers that never lived, that were born, stillborn. One lived just for a few seconds and died. Uh, that would have been, I guess, uh, probably uh, four or five years younger than I am, that, that, that I've never seen. What happens to, to people whose, whose babies die and go to heaven? Uh, Will they be babies when you get there, or will they be adults when you get there? Something to think about. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that, not as a part of this. But if I think it might be something, might, might, I think my perspective in Scripture, and some of it will be speculation just from reading other people's uh, commentaries, but I do have a, just a little feel in my own heart from Scripture that may help you. My point being, if I'm right, if I'm right, then those children would grow up with you on the millennial earth. And you'd have the opportunity to hold your babies that you never held. 
or raised a child that you lost, perhaps, if I'm right, okay? Don't, don't make a doctrine out of it, but just... Do we believe that all children went to heaven? Do you believe your babies are in heaven? Do you believe that? I believe that. I believe that every baby that's ever died is in heaven with our Lord. And there's something, well, I'm teaching it right now, aren't I? So. I'm, in, I'm dangerous today, Brother Hart. I'm dangerous today. All right. Let me, let's, drop, let's drop down here to. Uh, we will rule and reign with Christ a thousand years. And when the thousand years are expired, expired, Satan will be loosed out of his prison and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth. Gog and Magog together and together to battle the number of whom is as, is as the sand of the sea. Now let, let me go back to let me go back. Uh, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, uh, Zechariah uh, deal with this. This the lamb shall lay down by the lion. Remember, I told you that in the, the thousand years of earth. The reason why I can pretty much tell you that we will have a perfect body is that because God is going to take creation. He's going to take us back to pre-Adamic time when Adam sinned. And before Adam sinned, Adam named all the, the, the animals came to him like, like puppies and kittens. The, the rhinos and the, and the giraffes and the lions, and, and they were all together. They were just all big, one big hundreds of thousands of animals all gathered around him he said you're 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 a giraffe and you're you're a hippo you're a dog whatever and they were together in this setting we're going to have that i'm talking about what i believe we're going to have perfect bodies is because also creation goes back the lamb will lie down with the, the lion there this the curse will be taken off the earth completely taken off the earth that had to do with 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 the fall of the governmental areas of, of the animal kingdom and 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 no longer will the the lion be the king of the beast or the he's ever, now the lion and the lamb will be equal pretty amazing pretty amazing to think that a lamb will be on the same governmental plane as a lion but the lion now now no, no longer will be a, uh, a threat to the lamb think about that with me for just a second okay um Ezekiel talks about it, Zechariah, and I was going to bring you some more of the verses today, which I, which I forgot to do so, but I will, that, for example, the, the, the sinner on this time, the Bible said during this reign, you, read, you pick this up in the Old Testament, during this period of time that, the, that people will start living a long time again. And the Bible said that sinners will only live on the millennial earth to be 100. In other words, and then they, if they still are sinners, the Bible said at 100, they will die accursed. They will die accursed. In other words, God will give every person born throughout that thousand years, a hundred years, which is, about, which is about what he gave Noah's generation, isn't it? A hundred, some scholars say 120 years maybe, but about a hundred to 120 years that God gave the whole world to get ready under Noah's preaching. And so, so God, so, so understand this. At the beginning of the millennia, you're going to have, I'm running out of time. At the beginning of the millennia, you're going to have a few people that survived, that took the mark of the beast. They're sinners. They're, gonna, they're already accursed. You're going to have people being born. There's families. On, the, the, all the mortals that are here will still be having babies. So they're going to be uh, 
millions of people born. And, and, and many of them will be saved because Christ is ruling on this planet. They can, you can go uh, at that time, Jerusalem, according to uh, Matthew 24, uh, be, according to Daniel, according to Hosea and the book of Revelation, Jerusalem will be a seaport. Can you imagine that? Jerusalem will be a seaport. You could actually go down to Galveston. It won't be Galveston, probably won't be existing, but you could go down to the seacoast, whatever town is going to be there, catch a ship, and you could sail all the way up to Jerusalem, get off, take a tour of the holy city now, and see Christ. People could go see the Lord. Pretty amazing. Because Jesus is going to rule and reign from Jerusalem for 1,000 years on this earth. Pretty amazing, isn't it? Pretty amazing. A hundred years. If they get saved, they get to live, most of them will probably live about the thousand years, but most of them would live at least eight, nine hundred years. If they get saved, their life is extended. If they don't get saved, they die at a hundred. All right. Um, let's pick up here at um, verse 11. And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, that this is the rest of the dead, that had not lived for the thousand years, small and great, stand before God. And the books, plural, was open, and another book was open, which is the book of life. I don't want to mess up, I don't want to mess up your theology. I don't have any, I don't, I'm going to say this. I don't have time to explain much about it. <clears throat> There's three places in the book of Revelation that it alludes to. That the book of life is one book separate from the Lamb's book of life. Some places it said if your name was not written in the Lamb's book of life. This is the book of life. not The, the Lamb's book of life, that's Jesus' book of life. Now, the Bible said there's several books that are going to be open. Now, I, my old Bible professor said... These books, all 66 of them. That's what they, and, and, and probably that's true, because we're going to be judged by the Word. But, the Bible distinctly says that another book is open, which is the book of life. Not the Lamb's book of life, but the book of life. Nobody, all, nobody, everybody that's saved by the blood of Jesus in the church age, which is going to end at the rapture, will be written in the Lamb's book of life. Now, I'm just going to tell you this. A lot of, a lot of Bible study scholars believe that there is a difference between the Lamb's book of life and the book of life. There are, and the other books that are placed here. Now, think about this. Just think about this for a second. Someone suggested that the book of life, the book, that, there's a book called the book of life, would have everybody's name in it that was ever born on this planet. Would make sense. That every one of us named somewhere, if we keep records of births, there is no, certainly heaven would, so that there is a book in heaven with every person's name since Adam and Eve in it. And the date of their birth, the record of their life, and the deeds that they have done. Now, that book would be separate from the Lamb's book of life that would have to do with those of us who's accepted Christ, filled with the Spirit during the church age, the Lamb's book of life. You don't see any 
referenced about the Lamb's book of life, I think past the 12th chapter, the 13th chapter of the book of Revelation, maybe the 14th chapter, and from then on it's going to talk to us about the book of life. And I just, let me just read something here to you. Let me, let me just read this. And I saw the dead, okay, and I saw the dead, both great and small, stand before God, and the books, plural, if those could be the Holy, the Holy Bible, the books of the Holy Bible, and or it could be other books, we don't know, we don't know. But we do know this, that after these books were open, after these books were open, whatever they consist of, the Scripture, for sure, probably, other books, could it be a book of records of everybody's birth? I suspect that it could be. There's more than, you know, there's more, there's more than one book here. We know that. More than one. Books were open. And he distinguishes those books, whatever they are. He distinguishes them from the next book he's going to introduce us to. And this book is called the Book of Life. Now look at this. And the dead, that is the people that, had, that were resurrected after the thousand years, not the church, not those who are already resurrected, not the Christian, but the dead that did not live for another thousand years were judged out of those things. Well, this is, this is pretty strong. Out of those things which were written in the books. Not just one book, not just a book of life that were written in the books. How many books are being kept? I don't know. But does not the Bible said, be, beware of your speech, knowing that you shall be given an account for every idle word? Could it be that every deed and idle word and thought and activity and action of every human being is somewhere certainly somebody said well I thought that, that was just in the mind of God well certainly God could remember all those things but he's made a book he's made a record and I think Sister, Sister Christine being the attorney under, would, uh, that in that day it's, it's called that, that they'll call for the record let the record show let the record show. I'm telling you again, I'm glad I'm saved. And I'm glad that I'm forgiven. And I'm glad that every day when I repent, my sins are sent ahead of me. And they are blotted out so that when I stand before God, there will be no sins waiting to, be, to judge by. You, you need to repent daily. Repent. Don't be arrogant and proud. I don't have anything to repent of. Repent daily. Repent daily. Something, there's something, there are books, 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 plural books that they are judged out, out of according to their works. Now, interesting, interesting. Doesn't say anything about anybody being saved here. Is ever it, are all of these people gonna gonna be lost? It's possible because we do know that the saved people were resurrected a thousand years ago. There might be a there might someone suggested that there might be some 
Old Testament saints that were not, but I can't find any place in the Scripture to prove that because I, show, I can show you in the fourth chapter of the book of Revelation that, that, that the Old Testament church of Israel, the Old Testament church, is represented in heaven in the fourth chapter. So I've got to, I'm going to submit for your consideration my opinion that all of these people that have been resurrected after the thousand years who are going to, when we talk about the great white throne judgment, would deal primarily with those whose deeds are evil. Could be evil and good, of course. But what is amazing to me, that in this significant verse about the great white throne judgment that all of us have heard preached about all of our lives, there's a great white throne judgment. And, and most Bible scholars, this is amazing to me as well. The same place where the blood flowed to the horse's bridle, the plain of Ezralon, Megiddo, that's going to be cleansed by the, all the fowls going to eat the flesh of all those millions of people over there. It is believed, and there are speculations out of the book of, 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 of several books of the Old Testament, that the, white, the great white throne judgment will be set up because Christ is already going to be in Israel. In the old Jerusalem. That is believed that the white throne judgment will not take place in heaven. After all, it will take place on this earth in the valley of Megiddo. The same valley that drank the blood of the Antichrist armies will be the place where the ungodly would be, would be judged. Here's what's so significant to me. Because you're dealing with this subject of the white throne judgment. And the very next verse does not say anything about some were saved and some entered into and some were, were lost. What the very next verse is, is, is shattering to me. And death and hell was cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Now what is he talking about? That's why I'm telling you there, there are multiple books. Because they're judged out of the books that record all their deeds. But then there's another book here that indicates that there may be some. It doesn't say, it doesn't say, it just says, And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. And here's what's so significant. End of chapter. Because the next Verse says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. God's done with earth, the old earth, and he's done with all the sinners. It's over. Whew. It finally comes to an end, and here's how it ends. You can read all, we can speculate all we want to, but the fact is, here's how it ends. It's over. There will come a day. There will be no more mercy. There will be no more altar calls. And, and the books. I don't know about you, but I'm concerned about those books. You know, let the record. Let the record show. That's why there'll be, these books will be called into judgment at the white throne. Let the record show. Bring the record for Glenn M. Davis. Let the record show. I don't want to be there. Only as a witness to the glory of God. I don't want to be there to be judged. I want my judgment to have taken place already. Amen. In the fourth chapter. 
at the marriage, before the marriage supper of the Lamb, at, at the judgment seat of Christ. Can you say amen? amen. Praise God. Well, are y'all okay? Let's go ahead and introduce the 21st chapter. And I saw a new heaven. Mm. And a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. Wow. Now that's talking about the seas of the earth, the oceans of the earth. John, who, who wrote this book, who was, was tortured, burned, they tried to boil him in, in, in hot tar and oil, and he wouldn't, wouldn't die. He wasn't hurt. He wasn't like the Hebrew kids, boys, no fire. They finally couldn't burn him, boil him to death, so they took him and threw him over in the Isle of Patmos, forsaken island where they put, where condemned prisoners were sent to die. Sister Davis and I have had the wonderful privilege of being on the Isle of Patmos one time, and we actually got to climb up the side of the mountain to the cave that all the archaeologists and all the biblical students agree is the same cave that John lived when he wrote this book. We've stood in that cave, and it's straight down. You can, see, you can actually hear the waves lapping against the shore from, from his cave. And no doubt he is tormented by the day and night by the sound of those waves rolling in, just unceasing, rolling in, tormented. Some people waves are blessing to, some people are torment. Anyway, John makes a note that on this new earth, there was no more of those waves rolling in. Now, will there be a sea? Yes, there will be. There will be a, the sea of God. It's going to be as crystal clear as it's going to look like glass. And it's going, to be, it's going to be plenty big enough to entertain God's people for an eternity. That's just on this earth, Steve Harden. We don't even know. Nobody, you know, we, we don't know. We know that God is rich beyond. The Bible says that he who was rich became. We don't know if you ever find, finally get to Venus or Mars or some other body in heaven, that if you scrape the dust and dirt back, that the whole thing's not a, one solid piece of gold. We don't know how wealthy God is. You don't know that there are not billions of galaxies and stars that if you were to shove back all the ash and all the, the things that have happened by the radiation of the sun and the universe, that beneath, beneath that would be incredible diamond, one one diamond as large as our sun just one diamond because God is rich hallelujah praise God and I John I'm going to stop right here because this is this is a little deep water I love this verse I John saw the holy city the new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven prepared for as a bride adorned for her husband we'll start right there next Sunday Praise God. Continued next week, Sister Paula. <laughs> Amen. Well, the Lord bless you today. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this wonderful class. Thank you for this great year, visitations, manifestations, and demonstrations of your Holy Spirit growing and being increased in us all, we pray. Bless this church this week with great, great blessings. In Jesus' name I ask. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.